Is this the Krusty Krab? No, this is Hard Rock Lunch Box. Is this the Krusty Krab? No, this is Hard Rock Lunch Box. Is this the Krusty Krab? No, this is Hard Rock Lunch Box. I'm not a crusty crab. Ah, greetings and salutations, good listeners of the Hard Rock Lunchbox and hopefully the Top 20. It is August 31st. The year is 2023, I think. And hopefully we are broadcasting and transmitting live. Been a morning already. Uh, I'm going to check in on the chat really quick to make sure that we are indeed transmitting. Looks like people have been able to get there. That's good. I know that, uh, yeah. So, right. We've been having a little site trouble here. So I think we're, all right. Ah, okay. I think we're doing, <laughs> I think maybe, possibly, we're doing okay. It's about as good as that's going to get. Uh, I think I'm, uh, I think I'm transmitting. So, uh, yeah. Okay, good. All right. We are transmitting, we are live on whatever it is that we're doing here, when, wherever it is we're doing it. So, greetings. Uh, it's very amusing to me to have uh, this rough of an opening on a day where I feel like maybe I could have taken a day off from the box. <laughs> so, I don't know if anybody else does that when you just sort of like roll through your life and it's like, uh, you know, I just don't feel like doing this today. And then the universe is like, yeah, you really shouldn't have done that today. That's what just happened. But I think everything's working. I got it. I got the show started late, of course. Uh, it looks like everything's recording, so that's good. Uh, video is videoing. Uh, I'm still digging the newer uh, camera stuff with this new Lumina camera. This is good. I still have another camera to try out, but I've really just been too busy slash probably too lazy to do anything about it. But I do want to try it out because uh, the technology is better. And I do feel like it's a little bit better to have um, better quality video. I know that, like... I don't even know. I, I honestly, I honest, I don't even know like what sort of drives it. I, I probably watch more content, and I hate that word, but like that's what it is. Like more, I think I probably watch more television-like stuff on YouTube than anywhere else. Um, so I'm familiar with what that content looks like, and every now and then, like I'll watch stuff that I'm doing, and I'll be like, "Wow, that looks awful," and it's because it is awful. Like, you know, it's only going to be as good as the quality of the ingredients, right? Like I've said that forever about pretty much anything that anybody ever does in the creative realm. Like when you're, you know, using bad equipment, like there's a limit. Like there's a hard limit to as good as, as something can be. And so I was using an outdated camera, I guess. Uh, I upgraded the laptop because it was having uh, those performance issues. But, like, I've used Logitech stuff forever. I love Logitech stuff. But I think it's really just more about um, the quality for, like, streaming. So it's what, it, what it's looking for is, you know, or what it's, it's, um, what it's prioritizing is not necessarily what I'm prioritizing. And not that I'm so much interested in that the quality of all this looks you know 4k or 8k or you know 5k i don't even know like i don't honestly like for a techie i know very little about tech because i don't care 
And I think that that's um, probably an important distinction. I mean, maybe not to you, but like, I just, I just don't care. Uh, um, I was actually having a conversation yesterday with my boss about um, how, like, tech people, and I don't mean to offend anybody because I'm not trying to offend anybody, but like how tech people get like super jazzed about like new tech. And all they want to do is roll it out. And the parent company, the company that I primarily work for, is doing exactly that. And everybody from you know the top down, uh, from the tech top down, is pushing like, oh my god, this is going to be so great. It's going to be life changing. And like all of us are like, yeah, kind of. Every time you roll something out, it really doesn't work the way it was intended. And there's always like, oh well, that's you know, this is that, and you know, oh oh, you can't do that anymore. That's that's one of my personal favorites. So it's just, you know, we ended up getting on the conversation about how much I just really don't appreciate that my washing machine, my smart, my smart washing machine has trouble washing stuff and my environmentally friendly and smart dryer refuses to dry anything completely unless I override it. At least I can override the dryer. The, the washing machine just simply will, will not be overridden. And it's just, it's so funny too because like as somebody that, like appreciates development in technology and, and also somebody like me that really studies and is fascinated by the human condition. Um, I, I don't know how many people in my listening audience are, let alone give one F about what I'm about to talk about in terms of, uh, in terms of, uh, uh washing machines. Uh, and to be perfectly honest, I didn't have much to talk about. I really, I only had stuff that was kind of like in the political realm a little bit or like the social realm just because I'm not tired. I'm getting of dumb people and closed off people. But it feels like washing machines is probably the way to go. Um, so I don't know how many people out there are even interested in following the big washing machine controversy that I currently just invented. But there's lots of new technology and it's designed to make your life easier. Right, that's what they say. It's not really true. It's it's designed to make up the difference between what human beings are capable of doing and want to do, and then like kind of saving them from themselves. You know, like Chris Porter like talks about. Uh, he's a comedian. He talks about how uh, you know we really should just sort of take the warning signs off of paint and warning signs off of gas cans, right? Like, so if you don't, if you know by now, if you don't know by now that you're not supposed to eat paint, then you should just eat it. And if you also don't know by now that, like, gasoline might be flammable, or as he does, like, if you're having that problem, it's probably a flam, 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 flammable. Like, if you're having that much trouble trying to figure that out, then you really should try and read the instructions on the side of a gas can with your lighter. Like, I'm all for that. Like, I've been saying this for weeks and months now, like, as far as I'm concerned, there are way too many, way too many people on the expressway, and you know the thinning the herd idea that the you know anti-vaxxers and anti-maskers in the beginning had was totally on point. Uh, they just had the wrong people in mind, which is unfortunate because I'm all for them. Uh, just because I'm just tired, I'm just tired of them, and I don't really wish ill on anybody. I just want them to go away. So if they can go away without you know having to get ill, I guess that's, I guess that's what I'm looking for. But that's. Neither here nor there. We're talking about washing machines, right? So what what these companies have done is they're trying to address a problem, a shortcoming with your user, with the end user. Um, and it's a noble cause, right? Because the user experience drives everything, right? That's where you get your dollars from. Um, 
That's where the companies get their dollars from. It's where they get market share from. I mean, customer service is garbage. Like, I think we all kind of know that. And, and if you don't know that, like, then you're just not calling customer service and you're one of the millions of us that have just given up. Um, it is just so rare to get customer service, these good customer service these days, uh, that people just really don't expect it. And even myself, like, I have fallen victim to it because I have overthanked people so much. Uh, for for doing a good job and then walked away from that realizing like I really just thank them for doing their job you know what I mean like if I order a pizza from a pizzeria and they make that pizza and I go get it and it in the box is indeed the pizza I ordered like I shouldn't be like oh my god thank you so much like I should really just be like thanks man for doing that thing I asked you to do and just walk away but in today's world and the way people take their job seriously and the, or don't take their job seriously and the way they just treat people in things like it's it's like a big anomaly like I don't know how many people out there like order stuff and it's just wrong all the time. Like it's like it, sh- it used to be like oh like oh my god, and then you would call and they'd be like oh my god I'm so sorry like that 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 has gone the way of the dodo. I mean I know the last fight I had with Amazon. It's like you know they had like something like supposed to be here in two days or whatever, and there was like three days and then four days and then like, nine days. And I called up like what are you going to do about this? And they were like nothing we're not going to do anything you don't want it you know don't receive it i'm like okay well now what i want to do is talk to your manager and i got talk i did talk to their manager and i told them told them the very first thing i was like first of all i don't really care about this item but if you ever have somebody talk to me like that again i will be more than happy to spend my money at walmart because i wouldn't you know and they were like oh i'm so sorry and i'm not after getting people fired except that person and occasional other people that i've had to deal with that just provide such rude and bad customer service but again washing machines if you could please stay on point this will go much faster so what these companies do is they hire so many people so many people that are so unqualified to make decisions about products that are going to make them easier and make them more user-friendly but what they're really trying to do is just make them work despite the user that's using them so here's my example with my washing machine and it absolutely just drives me crazy so if anyone has ever used an older, I want to say like pre-10 years ago washing machine. Or if anybody if anybody out there has ever used a washing machine without a computer in it, let's just start there. Like I'm pretty sure like my grandmother's washing machine is still running just fine. It's still dirty. It's still that awful cur- uh, color and stuff, but I bet you it's running just fine. Because it was made, the tub was made out of like old Sherman tanks, so you couldn't do anything with that unless the Nazis sent a U-boat to take it out. And all the mechanics were just on and off, right? Like, there was a belt that you had to replace every 15 years. That's fine. It's basically the same belt that runs, like, you know, the the tanks that run down the street now. You know, like that kind of stuff. So, if anybody remembers those washing machines, every now and again, and I mean, like, really, every now and again, you would have this situation where, uh, if you don't know, what a washing machine does is it basically fills a tub with water and your clothes are in there and you have some detergent in there and the washing machine basically is like, whoosh, 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 right? Just shakes it all around. Like, if you wanted to do this, like, you could just put it in a container and you've seen these manual ones. Like, you can see that, like, you just put clothes in a container and you just shake it as hard as you can and that's basically foaming everything up, frothing everything up, agitating everything, trying to get, you know, the, the dirt off the clothes. Right, that's all it does. That's all a washing machine does until we get to the end. Right, so it drains all of that, all that water goes away, and then it refills back up with clean water. Now, every now and then, because it's done all this shaking, 
every now and then you get a situation where you have more clothes or more more material on one side than the other. So far, we're still fine. Nobody cares, not even the washing machine. You fill that thing up, um, and then as it goes to rinse, it shakes again to make sure it gets out all the stuff, and then it drains all the water again. And then the very last thing it does is the rinse and spin cycle. It's already rinsed, technically, but this is the rinse and spin cycle. In the spin cycle, it takes this round bin, right, and starts to spin it as fast as it possibly can. It does that because it has holes on the outside of this bin for the water to push through. Now, if anybody's ever spun anything or had two people, like, in a tire swing that were just kind of unbalanced weights, every now and then things start to go kind of off balance. If you've ever driven a car that starts to shake because you're, you know, you're the weight, your wheels, your tires are unbalanced, like, I don't know, that's kind of older school. But, like, that's what that is. You can't spin a circle in a perfect circle that's not completely balanced. You'll get an oblong orbit, like, you know, you can go into astrophysics and stuff like that. I cannot believe I spent so much time talking about that, but that is what happens. Happens every now and then. And I'm here to tell you, from the deep ancient past, in that situation, what you would do is you would hear the washing machine do this because when it's shaking and spinning and it's unbalanced, that thing is making what we in the business call a ruckus. And you can hear that ruckus from absolutely everywhere in the house. Sometimes, like in my grandmother's house, you could feel it in, in every corner of the house. And what you would do is you would come down or come over or come up as quick as you possibly could, come to the washing machine and open the lid, and then everything would stop. Then you as a human would suss out the fact that you now have 75 towels on one side and two socks on the other. And you could be like, oh, let me just balance this out. And then you pull the knob, because that was the genius of the washing machine switch. You pull the knob, and it would just start back up again. No harm, no foul. Just fine. So what do they do now? Here's what they do. They take the human out of the equation because the human can't handle that. Either the human's putting on their wash and then leaving, which, by the way, is the dumbest thing you can do. Every plumber that doesn't want you to spend more money on, on them their services will tell you don't ever do that. Ever, ever, ever do that. A washing machine holds a ton of water, and you can just kind of keep an ear out or an eye on it if it's in your house and you're present and then all of a sudden like if something goes wrong like you can shut it off but if you're not there you're dumping gallons and gallons of water onto your floor maybe through if you're in an apartment maybe through the the thing beneath you like it's a big deal don't do your laundry and then leave that that's that's like kind of like society rule number one so what they do is because humans can't handle this balancing act or they're just putting in their stuff and leaving because they're just too busy to be burdened by the fact that they have to wash their clothes. Like, I'm sure there's people in Eritrea right now that's like, oh, it sounds like a terrible burden. Do you have a sandwich? But then, like, the washing machine now has to do this. That's the washing machine's job. Now, what the washing machine does is it fills it up with water and tries to get everything to float evenly, which is fine, 
if you're in the situation where you have 37 socks on one side and one sock on the other. But if you have something like a towel or a robe or a blanket or even just like a lot of jeans compared to like your shorts and stuff, floating floating stuff in water, unless it's like Superstorm Sandy level water or for those of you in Florida, Hurricane Idalia level water, um, unless you're doing that, you're not moving much, like if anything at all. So if you're like me and you enjoy this situation, watching the robots fail and drown under their own weight, they will do this 20 times. They will refill, hope for the best, start to spin, fail, drain. They will refill, spin a little bit, hope for the best, fail, and drain. This goes on over and over again. But the real bitch of it is, and this is where the human comes in, if I go over there, or when, when I go over there, while it's just filling, not even while it's moving, while it's just filling, I can't open the lid to manually assist my robot friend because I'm too stupid to, to work within a moving washing machine so they lock me out. Can't get in there. Can't get in there at all. You have to cancel the entire cycle, open the, open the door, spend three seconds repositioning everything, restart the system, which is also not so easy because there's no dials anymore. Restart the system at the rinse and spin phase and then go on with your day. Because computers are trying to save me from myself. And they're going to put the washing machines out on the front line to make sure that happens. What's the point of that? Absolutely nothing. And I really can't even remember how I got started on it. But I will tell you this. We are in no danger of being replaced by robots just yet. As long as the human that you are remains smarter than that machine. Until that day, you're in good shape. But I'm here to tell you that for half of us, that day has already come and gone. Because some of the people that I keep running into on a fairly weekly basis are some of the dumbest people I have ever met in my entire life. And I run into them and immediately think, oh, that's why they have the washing machine that has to unbalance itself because this dumb fuck couldn't figure it out and we also can't trust them to do it correctly. So we're just going to have to do it for them because I am a washing machine and I am smarter than half the people in America right now. Isn't that crazy to you? <laughs> I would wish the good people of Florida the best in their time of need, but honestly, I just don't give a shit about them or their state. I feel like you deserve exactly what you get, so hope you all can swim. Hard Rock Lunch Box. Yeah, man, it's going to be another one of those weeks where I did not get a chance to pull anything new for you, so I'm just going to be crawling through the archive playing some music I just haven't heard in a while and I'm totally down to hear more of. Uh, with the exception of Mel had actually requested some Rebel 9, I think I'm going to actually make that happen. But it looks like I'm going to make it happen in a cooler kind of way than expected, which will be interesting, to say the least. That'll go down around 1 o'clock. But yeah, man, uh, we're talking about shakes and pizza and stuff in the chat here. I don't remember the last time I had a strawberry shake. I know that I don't really go for the shakes so much, and it's just because I don't 
do sweets all that often. But didn't Five Guys, like, wasn't their whole thing is, like, they could make you, like, whatever flavor shake and then put any of those toppings in it? Because I feel like you could get, like, a strawberry bacon shake if you wanted to. Not that I would recommend it, but, like, I wouldn't not recommend it. I mean, that sounds like a real, real kind of fantastic. I mean, where are you on this, Jim? It's always a no! All right, well, that's a little surprising. I thought Jim would have probably been into that than he was, but you know, it's each of some. But again, trolling through the archives, playing some music I haven't heard in a while, this will be good. Hard Rock Lunch Box. Man, that dude's voice is so goddamn good. I'm always like, I can appreciate that if you don't love King Zach, but man, at least take a minute just to appreciate how good that dude can sing. Jesus Christ. So, yeah, I'm just scrolling here, like, through some, like, stuff that we just haven't played in a while and I couldn't even tell you the last time I heard this song and I'm literally excited to hear it. This is going back a long way. Hard Rock Lunch Box. I think it uh, will come as no surprise to anybody in my listening audience that I am indeed a huge fan of, uh, of women's soccer and uh, just the sport in itself, but just the women's version of the soccer, not version, the women's teams, uh, especially the American, the women's national team. Uh, I think they are a tremendous legacy. I think they are a tremendous uh, batch of athletes. And I think they represent us on the world stage beautifully. And I have enjoyed rooting for them for the better part of two decades at this point. Uh, it is sad to say that um, Julie Ertz has officially retired. If you don't know who she is, that's fine. Uh, she was the center midfielder of the 2019 team uh, with uh, Sauerbrunn out with a foot injury, uh, foot injury in 2023. Uh, Julie Ertz was able to play defense, uh, center defense, and was absolutely phenomenal at it. She's one of the best box-to-box -box players to ever play the game, and she has decided to retire from professional soccer, which really sucks. But thank you so much for everything you've done, Julie. For me personally, for my family, and for our nation, I think you're an incredible asset and an incredible athlete. So thank you for that. Another incredible asset, not so much an incredible athlete as far as I can tell, but a brilliant lyricist, at least the one time that I know, celebrates his birthday today. So, uh, Dylan, happy birthday. Driving down this open road, shaking Change, but stay the same. All these rules are driving me insane. Alone. 
What's that? You want to hang out in the vault a little longer? I could do that. Hard Rock Lunch Box. Man, some legendary level of Coheed right there. I love that one. Welcome home. Jesus, what a good song. Epic. Heck, if epic would be a good, good way to So, I had a request for some Rebel 9, which is not unusual, and it's not even all that big of a deal. Like, I appreciate it. Like, it means a lot to me that people still want to hear it, um, and that's awesome. Um, but I've been thinking a lot about, I've been thinking a lot about, like, sort of, I don't know, like, this is going to sound stupid and ridiculous, but, like, kind of, like, deeper thoughts about, um kind of the, the music and where it's coming from. I think it's stemming from the fact that I'm just not writing right now. And it's not even so much that I have writer's block, per se. Um, I have... I've gone through some uh, work changes and life changes because of uh, some medical stuff uh, that are just taking a lot more time. Um, I've also, as I've made reference to, I've had some uh, complicated... Uh, nerve damage um, that I'm trying to sort of undo or repair or fix that makes it incredibly uh, difficult and sometimes painful to play guitar. <clears throat> so a lot of when you're writing new songs is like the, oh, yeah, man, that's it. You know, that kind of, you find a groove and stuff. All of that's always tempered because it's painful to do, if that makes sense. Um, I still write like a little bit here and there. I just haven't been able to get into the headspace to just formulate a, a full song, but it is something I've been doing for a long time. And um, for better or for worse, I've been incredibly organized over the years with recordings. It helps that I am responsible for most of them, so I usually have the various incarnations of different you know, versions of songs and stuff. Um, but also since I write you know, 90 to 95% of what I played in my last two bands, which you know, accounts for the bulk of my professional career, I think, uh, I have all the early incarnations of things too. And it's just it's funny because like as much as I talk about um, like production and how important I think it is, uh, sometimes production offers very little terms of the way a song ends up rolling out right? I've talked about um, songs like Steven Seagal on the last record that are exactly as I wrote them um, songs like Blue that are almost exactly like there was kind of just like one sort of change that we did somewhat accidentally and it was like oh let's, let's do that uh, there are ones that changed extensively and several times you know songs like Central Park West and stuff like that. Um, and even like if you're going back to the Razorblade Diaries, nothing. N none, none of those songs went through unscathed. Like, really, like not even the original demos in some of those cases are almost unrecognizable. Uh, Census Tragedy. Wait, Census Tragedy, is that on the... That's on the second one. So like All I've Become and stuff like... The closest The closest on the, the second one would probably be like The Good Fight. That's pretty close. Uh, and the reason that was pretty close is I wrote that at the end of the Razorblade Diaries, and I had four years to edit it. <laughs> so it kind of did. Uh, on the new batch of songs, there are so few changes. 
And it kind of makes sense because when we sat with our producer, we kind of went through them. Like, you know, I, he picked the ones he wanted to work on. Um, and I think the ones that were closest to being done are going to be the ones that you want to work on because they're the ones that inspire you the most. Not because anybody's afraid of the challenge of working on it, but it's like, oh, that's a good one to do that. So of the four new ones, I mean, some of the changes have just been so minuscule. Like the, the change, I think the only change we made like in Aaliyah is we slowed it down. Uh, I was I was having coffee yesterday with a really good friend, and we were just talking about uh, Side Out, and uh, he, he just said how much he liked it, and we were just sort of talking about the production process, and I was saying that for Side Out, when I originally wrote it, it was just one verse, one chorus, second verse, second chorus, and out. Didn't have the solo, didn't have the last chorus, didn't have the break. And my argument, it wasn't lazy. My argument was I wanted it that way. I wanted a song that was so short. It was just over two minutes. And I said that Vaseline from Stone Temple Pilots is one of my favorite songs. Also a very short song. So if somebody wanted to listen to more of the song, all they had to do was hit repeat on it. And it's not really like a play grab. I just something short and sweet like that is what I really, really wanted. And uh, when Kajana sat down to, to work it with us, he was like... Can we just try that? And I was like, you know, begrudgingly, but not a dick, but begrudgingly, I was like, yeah, we could try it. But like, you know, I'm right. And I like it the way I like it. So we did it. We did it once or twice in the studio with him there at our rehearsal studio. And I was just like, oh, man, this is, he's right. <laughs> and that's what's great about production, especially when you were like somebody like me respects my producer, like somebody and I don't work with producers I don't respect, so you know it's it's kind of a you have to be willing to listen to what they have to say. And um, so yeah, I mean there was no grand rewriting of any parts. He just was like, add more of it. And if you think about it, like what like what kind of compliment could be better from your producer than that? Like, hey man, I love the song. I just need more of it. It's basically the argument that went for like. You know, like king size Snickers. Like this is great, but you know what would make it better? More of it. Like it basically side out as a king size Snickers, or the extra Reese's peanut butters cup, even, or the extra cookie in a Twix bar. Like I don't know. However you want to, however you want to, uh, want to put it. That's that's basically what that is. But then there are some songs that really just sort of start out as something completely different. And on the last record, on Do No Harm. Uh, we had a couple of those. I actually was speaking of archives. I was going through the the vault, sort of so to speak, and I found an outtake. I found a song that never made it out to do no harm. I completely forgot about it. I completely forgot it existed. And I was like, oh, look at it. Hmm. Yeah, still like it. Good song. Whatever. <laughs> that was cool. But I also found all the original demos of the songs that did make it. And it's fun to kind of listen to those, especially after you. It's not that you've forgotten them, but, like, they've kind of moved on, like, in your current consciousness, right? Like, it's just like, oh, yeah, that's, well, that, that's right, that had to start somewhere. And you go back and you listen to things, and it's like, wow, I wonder why I was doing that. And I wonder, like, you know, how this evolved there. So, for, for one of these songs... Um, it was just very clear because I know the entire writing process. I know why every change was made. I know the discussions behind why every change was made. 
And I also know why so much of it sort of stuck the way it was. And I think it's an interesting demo, an original demo, for a couple reasons. Um, one, because it would end up going on to be uh, Rebel 9's biggest song to date. So I think it's interesting to note that it came from a different place than what we ended up, you know, having in the in the final. Um, but for any fan of Keeping Here, what you can hear in it, besides the main lyrics, I mean, some of the chorus changes because of the hook I was trying to create, trying to actually create a chorus that doesn't necessarily meander but gives you gives the listener something to sort of hook onto, to sing in their head, and to sing a long line. Um, what I find interesting about it is the actual tonal quality of it. Um, the original version of the song is much, much angrier. And as a songwriter and a performer, how I portray anger is usually in um, distortion and noise and if you want to psychoanalyze that a little bit it makes sense because my frustrations as a human being and my necessary anger that follows tends to be out of the noise and the chaos of things that I get involved in or places that I perceive to be in so when you hear those things in what I write especially in the original part it's because it's coming from such an angry and frustrated and chaotic and noisy place that that is the sound I'm producing is the sound I'm hearing and feeling and imagining and looking to portray. It's a much dirtier song than the uh, than what would eventually be on Do No Harm because it gets polished up and like most things over time, they soften so the final product becomes the final product. If you have not heard Keep You Near by now, I don't even understand why you're listening to the sound of my voice. I highly recommend it. It's a beautiful song, in my opinion, and I think it's worth at least one listen. But because I thought it would be fun to do, and I feel like the audience that's hearing me right now would be the bulk of people that could appreciate this, I'm going to go ahead and play you the very original demo of Keep You Near. And just to be perfectly clear, this is forever who's living. For whoever is listening right now, this will not be in the replay. I have no intention of releasing this you know, anytime soon, if ever. So I feel like in the spirit of all things that are cool about this show from time to time, the outtake and rarity aspect of the stuff that I have access to I think might pose some interest for any of you that wanted to know how Keep You Near came about. I don't want it to damage your opinion of the song. Understand that most stuff I write is a process. And in this particular case, it's not that someone just came in and changed it. By this time, by the time I was writing this record, I was more than capable of working with my producer and making decisions that would make the song into what it would finally become, which I think are all the right moves. There are lots of songs that I've done over the over time that I think were better originally how I wrote them. I do not think that that's true of this. And um, But the initial gut and guttural 
don't know, bent on this demo, I think is probably important for anybody that has any feelings towards that song whatsoever. So I thought it would be cool to do, and I am super happy to have you around to listen to it. Hard Rock Lunch Box. Ah, by request, one of my favorite local bands that doesn't seem to want to return my emails anymore. Shocker.
Punch Box. Man, I am so excited to play this next one. I almost ended I Prevail early just so I could start this one. But, like, what kind of monster do you honestly think I am? But, man, I was super excited about this. And this was definitely on the short list and still on the short list for a Rebel 9 cover. So, who knows? Woe to you. Hard Rock Lunch Box. Oh, man, I am getting so tired. I'm just running out of more steam, more and more steam. Steam I didn't even have, but I can still scroll like the best of them. Dug this one out, man. I used to love this song. I still love this song, but I used to, too. Hard Rock Lunch Box. Yeah, man. I heard uh, heard Craven's Train did an incredibly good job at the Vale Leavitt Theater out in Riverhead this past weekend. I saw some footage of it. It looked like a great show, as I would, of course, expect. Their next show is going to be September 23rd as they support the Neon Skyline in their EP release party. Uh, that's some soundstage, I think, in Babylon, but it's definitely like a lot closer than Riverhead. So uh, if you can make that one, make that one. Tickets are limited, though, so you might want to get your tickets sooner than later. Um, and something, something, something about root beer. Uh, we do not have another show on the books with Craving Strange, per se, or officially, uh, for the rest of the year. Uh, Jimmy has signed up for the Unplugged. I don't know if that's going to be just Jimmy or if that's going to be uh, the rest of Craving Strange. So that's why I said maybe. I don't really know. But as a full electric band, uh, we don't have anything with them for the rest of the year. So if you're going to go see them, you got to go see them on their own uh, without us. And then we will be uh, at Beery's on the 27th. And what you can see uh, is Bacon is My Passion, which is the side project of Mike and Jimmy. So you're basically getting the best of both worlds, I suppose. You could look at it, you know, kind of like a margarine meets Miracle Whip kind of situation. I'm not sure how you want to look at it. So I'm just going to get out of the rest of this intro and do your weekly craving of the week.
Lunchbox. Oh, yeah, man. Much like most people, I have also overstayed my welcome. It's time for me to get the hell on out of here. Thank you so much for spending part of your afternoon here with all of us at the Hard Rock Lunchbox. Of course, without you, it would just be me, and nobody needs that, especially me. So thank you for sticking around, enjoying our little travel through the vault here. That's always fun. Uh, I'm going to wish you all a very happy Labor Day. It's supposed to be absolutely beautiful this weekend, so enjoy whatever it is you're doing. Try and get outside some, and we'll start this all back up once we get to the crisp, clear month of September, which we're just knocking on the door of, which just blows my mind. So I'm going to shut up, play some music, have yourself a great day, and I'll see you next week on The Box. Hard Rock Lunch Box.